Alright, so this is going to be my review of WWE Hell in a Cell. Happened last night. I actually realized I didn't review Backlash last month, which was weird. I thought that I did for some reason, and I didn't. So I'll be doing a review of that as well. Um, we'll see, kind of... I'll do like a quick little rundown of Backlash before I get into Hell in a Cell. But overall, on Hell in a Cell, I thought it was a good show. Um, there's a couple of pretty good matches. The opening match I thought was really good, and then the main event was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, let's. so first let's get started with Backlash. Obviously, it's the first, the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania. And for some reason, the last couple of years, they've been calling it WrestleMania Backlash, which was weird, or weird. I don't know why. I kind of feel like it's like a copyright type thing. Um, shoot. Uh, so the first match, I gotta remember because this pay-per-view was almost two months ago. It happened in May. Uh, so May 8th. Um, but I, I did think that a lot of the WrestleMania rematches were better. Uh, we got Edge and AJ Styles, which I actually like this match, I think, more than their WrestleMania match. The WrestleMania match was really good, but... And then obviously Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair had an I Quit match that was way better. Their WrestleMania match sucked. And then Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Uh, well, obviously they had another match last night that I'll get to, but um, I don't know. I'd have to watch all three matches again to kind of figure out which one was the best. I'd say right now probably the WrestleMania match, and then last night's match, and then the this match was probably the worst. Not that it was bad, but you know it was a lot of. They opened the show this time. Um, I remember obviously they did most of their stuff. Cody did the Cody Cutter. Seth did, you know, the Falcon Arrow and all that stuff. They did, um, I'm trying to remember. This is why it's bad. I should probably have watched the show again before I did this review. Sorry if this comes off kind of bad. I'm trying to go from memory. Um, you know, they got a little less time than their WrestleMania match. I think their WrestleMania match got a little bit more than 20 minutes. This went about 21 minutes. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, Cody won a, Cody won the match, and, but yeah, then we got almost and Bobby Lashley, I'll be honest, if I remember right, I was like half asleep for this match, almost won, and then they had a steel cage match on Raw that Bobby Lashley won, and they had, there was a handicap match last night, so hopefully they end this feud, it sucks, um, yeah, Sorry if this isn't too detailed. I'm trying to remember what happened from pay-per-view two months ago. That's why I said I was going to do kind of like a quick little rundown of the show. And I'll go more in-depth on Hell in a Cell. So, um, then we had Edge and AJ Styles. Edge actually won by submission. Um, AJ was about to, I believe, go for the Phenomenal Forearm. And then Rhea Ripley, like, I think, like, pushed him off the ropes or something. And then Edge put him in a submission and won. So Edge's faction has... Uh, Rhea Ripley in it, and, uh, Damian Priest, and maybe they'll add more members, it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird, because Edge has literally won all the matches, so you think at some point, they gotta give AJ Styles a win, right? They'd do, like, a blow-off match, maybe at SummerSlam or something, maybe AJ Styles should probably win. Um, Damian Priest did at one point come out, he was supposed to be banned from ringside, but he came out and I guess since he what well, he stood like on the ramp and I guess since he wasn't technically at ringside that it was fine which kind of stupid but it's WWE and they do a lot of dumb shit so um 
Next was uh, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair in an I Quit match. This was way better than their WrestleMania match. <clears throat> Ronda won the title here, thank God. I, uh, I've made this pretty clear in the past. I'm not a Charlotte fan. I think she's overrated, and the, why people think she's so good is mind-boggling to me. <clears throat> and she's obviously, she's taking some time off now, which is nice, but obviously when she comes back, we'll probably get a rematch, or she'll probably be champion again, so yay. Uh, then we had Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. Like, God, it's weird, man. I swear to God, they put Baron Corbin in all these feuds that are just months long. He had a feud with Roman Reigns. I think it was in the end of 2019, it went clear almost to WrestleMania of 2020, and it was freaking horrible and boring and long. And that's weird. They put Baron Corbin in a lot of these stupid long feuds that no one cares about. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't. And also, the Happy Corbin character kind of sucks. I wish they would have kept him as broke Baron Corbin. They actually had something there, and they ruined it. But that's a typical. WWE thing to do. Then we had the main event that was actually pretty fun. Uh, so it was the Bloodline, Roman Reigns, and the Usos, Jimmy Uso and Jey Uso, uh, versus uh, Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro, Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle. Uh, this was pretty fun. They had a lot of table spots. Roman put, I believe they put Randy Orton through a table, I believe. And then, you know, there was this is a fun main event. Randy Orton was really over in this match. He was easily the most over guy. Um, it sounds like they're going to set up, you know, they have some basically three matches they could set up here for Roman with Drew McIntyre, and then they could do a feud with Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. It sounds like Riddle and Roman will be the main event of Money in the Bank. At least that's the rumor. We'll see. That's in the next month, so we'll see from there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, then maybe Randy Orton at SummerSlam, and then they have a mat, a pay-per-view in, I believe it's in, what's it called, that Clash at the Castle in September, which we'll probably do McIntyre there. Like, honestly, they just need to get one of the belts off Roman, especially now that he's working a lighter schedule. He's more of a part-time guy now, which, not that I'm saying, but he doesn't deserve that. But when you have him have, have two titles, it kind of, kills it they've done it with lesnar in the past but at least when lesnar was gone they had another champion on the other like on raw or smackdown so now with roman having two titles it's kind of makes it crappy like last night we had a main event with no world title match two pay-per-views in a row we haven't had a world title match so i feel like roman should drop the wwe title or you know Especially, you know, with rumors they're going to set up a match with The Rock, which they've been talking about for a while. But yeah, overall, that was just a quick little rundown of Backlash. Sorry if it was kind of sloppy. I didn't, I'm trying to go off memory of what happened. But yeah, that was, overall, I actually thought it was a fun show. We had some pretty, three pretty good matches. Um, if I recommend anything, go watch Cody and Seth Rollins, Edge and AJ Styles. Ronda and Charlotte was fine, and then the main event. There was only six matches on this show, so it's actually not bad. Let's quick, get through it real quick and... Um, so yeah, that's Backlash, and now we will get started with Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell, I'll go a little bit more in depth, because I just watched the show. Um, sorry, I honestly forgot that I didn't do a review of Backlash, so, um, sorry if it wasn't as in-detailed. I was trying to go off memory. That was almost two months ago, or that was over a month ago, so. Um, so overall... 
Hell in a Cell, I enjoyed. WWE, you know, for as crappy as a lot of their Raws and Smackdowns are and as boring as they are, they do have a lot of, whether people want to admit it or not, they do deliver on pay-per-view a lot. Um, they have some pretty good, you know, pay-per-views. And they're not, this one was pretty easy to sit through. It went by kind of quick. and uh, So it opened up with the triple threat match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. This match was great. Oscar had Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Oscar and Becky Lynch. Um, you know, this is this is your normal triple threat match. Oscar is really good, but there's a lot of spots where they did, you know, spots with each other, like you know how the triple threat matches. Someone will go out of the ring and rest, and uh, they, you know, the other two fight. That, that's typical in triple threat matches. That happens a lot. Asuka did like a running hip attack to both of them, which I thought was cool. There's a lot of near falls. The crowd was into this match. Um, the finish came where Becky hit him. Hit, I forget. Did she do the, uh, like the rock bottom type move that she does, I believe? I think it's she calls it like the manhandle slam or something. And then uh, Bianca Belair threw her out of the ring and pinned Asuka. That, those kind of finishes happen. So it looks like they're going to tease probably one more match with Becky Lynch and uh, Bianca Belair. Hopefully they do that at Monday in the Bank. They might try to drag this out till SummerSlam and do like, you know, because Becky Lynch came back last year at SummerSlam and beat Bianca Belair for the title. So I kind of wish they would just do it at Money in the Bank, but we'll see. Um, obviously, since they couldn't sell tickets for Money in the Bank, they had to move it out of a stadium show, which, to be honest, I thought it was kind of dumb for them to try to put Money in the Bank in a um, stadium since, you know, there's I believe there's a big UFC pay-per-view that same day, and they were going to try to sell out uh, the Las Vegas Raiders stadium, so that didn't... You know, they had to move it to, I believe they're doing it at the MGM Arena or something like that. Uh, because I believe UFC's doing their show at the T-Mobile Arena that weekend. So, um, But yeah, it was, a good, it was a fun opener. It wasn't anything, you know, bad. I'd recommend watching it. Um, so yeah, it looks like, I mean, I don't know what you do with Asuka from here. She came back. She's been beaten by both of them on television. So that's kind of crappy, but uh, I mean, maybe they could put Oscar on SmackDown and do like Oscar and Ronda Rousey, obviously. But then people might be mad because Ronda would beat her. But you know, that could be a good match. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think we're gonna get one more match between Becky and Bianca Miller for sure, and then maybe they do. I don't know. <clears throat> really, if you look on. The women's rosters are kind of thin right now. <clears throat> Obviously, you don't have Bailey back yet. That sucks. Obviously, then the whole crap with Sasha Banks and Naomi. I'm not really going to get into that, but you know, if you want to read about that, if you don't know, you can Google it and whatnot. So, and then uh, the next match was a two-on-one handicap match. It was almost an MVP versus Bobby Lashley. Uh... You know, the Bobby Lashley is really over in this match. The crowd was going pretty crazy for him. Um, almost, oh man, he's bad. They're obviously they're trying. You know, they put him with AJ Styles for a while, and 
you know, obviously, if you, AJ Styles is awesome, so it's hard to be a bad wrestler if you're working. You know, that hit a lot of his weaknesses. But he's, you know, he's just so big, and he can't move around that well. I just hope this feud's over. Um, <laughs> Lashley actually did a drop kick to MVP's knee, which was kind of cool, because um, MVP rarely wrestles anymore, and he's got history of knee injuries and things like that. And uh, I believe... Uh, almost hit a countered a suplex into his own suplex on Lashley, and then, uh, I believe. Oh yeah, MB, they always do that spot where I swear to God, almost every Bobby Lashley match, he gets thrown through the barricade. They did that. Uh, almost gets back in the ring. Bobby Lashley eventually gets back in the ring at like a nine count, and then. Um, Uh, eventually, um, oh, he, so Lashley knocks almost off the apron. Sorry, I'm trying to remember this stuff. Uh, it's kind of weird. It just happened last night. I'm already forgetting. <laughs> uh, and then he speared MVP. Uh, then he covered MVP, but almost broke up the pin. Eventually Cedric Alexander comes out of nowhere and hits almost to the floor. And then. Uh, he put MVP or Bobby Lashley puts the hurt lock on MVP and he taps out and Bobby Lashley wins. After the match, Bobby Lashley actually gets out of the ring and takes a replica WWE title belt from the fan from a fan and kind of poses with it. The crowd cheers. So maybe they're teasing him versus Roman down the road, which I wouldn't mind seeing. They had a good match. I think it was at. They've had. I don't know if they've have they had a match during this feud. I don't think he's actually feuded with Lashley during this time frame, but they had a match a couple years ago that I remember being pretty good. So, uh, the next we had, uh, Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens is awesome. I've talked, you know, at length about how great I am. Uh, but this whole Ezekiel thing, it was funny at first. Now it's just kind of getting stupid and boring. They need to just either go back to him being Elias or, because this, this Ezekiel character does not have a huge shelf life. And like I said, it was funny at first when they were doing all the segments where, like, everyone was bought, like, would believe him that he was Ezekiel except Kevin Owens. And they did, like, the lie detector test. And he somehow passed that. And then, <clears throat> you know, they did a DNA test. And I think they said something like the DNA had barbecue sauce on it from Otis, which was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, Kevin Owens has done a great job. Like his really his last two feuds, he's pretty much had to do by himself. Like obviously the feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, Austin obviously didn't show up on television, so they he had to he had to build that up by himself. And then this feud, like he's done a good job with Um But this wasn't this was fine. It started out kind of quick where uh Ezekiel hit a, a jumping knee to Kevin Owens and he goes to the top rope, he delivered the elbow. Um, off the top rope, and Kevin Owens kicked out. I kind of thought they were going to end it right there, and I'd have been like, wow, that'd have been a pretty lame ending. I just remember thinking in my head, um, like if Kevin Owens would have lost, that would have, uh, anyway, uh, Kevin Owens also does a, he does a moonsault off the second rope and didn't botch it. Take note, Charlotte Flair. That's how you do a moonsault. Kevin Owens is a big dude, too, so. But he's done stuff like that in the past. He does, like, frog splashes, and he's done, like, 450s and shit, so. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Kevin Owens is pretty great for 
being a bigger guy. Um, he did his little uh, what's that? The move where I always forget what he calls it. Like the thing where he, they're on the ground, he does like the somersault thing into them when they're laying against the apron. I always forget what they call what he calls that. Um, going on to DDT at one point, he Ezekiel reversed the stunner and then. Kevin Owens hit the pop-up powerbomb, and he kicked out. I did think it was funny that uh, he actually fish-hooked uh, Ezekiel into the middle rope and was, like, yelling that he was Elias the whole time, which was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> Kevin Owens had a tornado DDT for a two-count. And then, hang on, I'm just looking at some notes that I wrote down. Oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. After that was with the stunner. Um... And then uh, Zeke or Ezekiel hit two big, like big running splashes in the corner. Kevin Owens missed the third one, and then hit a spine buster. And then Kevin Owens went for the stunner. He blocked it, hit the pop up power bomb for a two count. Mm -hmm. And then um, he slapped Ezekiel, which was funny. Um, Kevin. Then he blocked another stunner and hit a roll up for Ke on Kevin Owens. Then he goes back to do the, uh, he had a super kick on Ezekiel, and then Ezekiel went to the second rope again to go for the elbow drop, and he missed. Oh, yeah, the move I'm talking about is that he hits the cannonball. I always, I don't know why I forgot that's what it was called. But, yeah, he, like, they're laying down or whatever. He does it, like, every match, and he does the little cannonball thing into the ropes. <laughs> At the end, he, Kevin Owens yells out, Elias, and then hits him with the stunner and pins him. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um. Anyway, it, it would have been kind of lame if Kevin Owens would have lost here because obviously he just had a main event match with at WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So could you imagine your own computing with the biggest star, in my opinion, in the history of the wrestling business and Stone Cold Steve Austin to losing to Ezekiel two months later? So good thing Kevin Owens won here. Hopefully they you know they kind of drop this whole Ezekiel thing or they figure out a way. Like obviously we everyone knows it's Elias, but. <clears throat> I mean, it was, like I said, it was funny at first. Now it's just getting kind of, <coughs> dang, it's getting kind of boring now. But, yeah, it was a fine match. Nothing terrible, nothing great. Uh, next was the uh, six-man tag. So it was Judgment Day, which is what Edge is calling his faction. So it was Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley versus AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. This was a fun match. Um... So the, basically, like it starts out with a brawl where the where AJ, Liv Morgan, and Finn Balor clear the ring. Um, Liv Morgan hit a Hurricane Rana on Rhea Ripley, and then she hit a hip attack on Rhea Ripley. Um, trying to remember some other stuff. Rhea at one point hit like a like a vertical suplex on Liv Morgan that got a two count. And then, I believe AJ tags in, and but Edge refuses to get in the ring, and Damian Priest comes in. AJ hits a drop kick. Um, he does his Pele kick, and then he tags in Finn Balor. At one point, Finn Balor, uh, shoot, I'm trying to remember. Edge did like a distraction type thing, and I'm trying to remember exactly. It like 
Then he threw, then Damian Priest threw Finn Balor to the floor. Edge eventually uh, hit like a forearm on Finn Balor when he was, and sent him into the barricade. And then uh, Edge actually tags in and hits another forearm on Finn Balor. And uh, he taunts AJ, he like taunts AJ Styles. And then, uh, Then there, at one point, the, he got beat up a little bit by Edge, and then Edge hit a jawbreaker, or Finn hit a jawbreaker, and then he goes to tag in AJ, but he can't. And then uh, eventually AJ Styles tags in. He hits the uh, Ushi Garoshi on Edge, which is that little, it's a movie he did in Japan a lot. Um, then he went with the Styles Clash. Um. And Rhea Ripley tried to interfere that Liv Morgan stops her. And then AJ, or Edge actually throws AJ Styles onto the apron. And then he, uh, Damian Priest hit a knee to, or, wait a minute. Yeah, Edge dumped AJ to the apron. And then he hit uh, Damian Priest in the face, which was kind of funny. Um, AJ hits a phenomenal forearm and Edge goes for the cover. But right when it was about to be a three count, uh, Damian Priest actually dragged AJ Styles to the floor. And then Edge is kind of laying there for a little bit. And then AJ gets back into the ring eventually and uh, to stop the count out. And then Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley eventually tag in. And then they fight a little bit. And then uh, Rhea... Or no, Rhea Rip... Liv Morgan hit a crucifix on uh, Rhea Ripley for two. And then eventually they all... You die. There was a point in the match where AJ Styles started bleeding, and I can't remember how it happened, but he was eventually bleeding, and they quit showing him. The doctor eventually went over there and started like talking to him. Uh, but uh, they all three hit dives at one point. Um, AJ or Finn Balor hit the coup de gras, and then he go or he goes up to go do the do the coup de gras, I should say, and then Rhea Ripley stands on the ropes, and then Damian Priest would end up tagging Edge in. And AJ hit a phenomenal forearm to Damian Priest. And then uh, AJ, or Finn Bauer did as normal. He did the sling blade, then the corner drop kick. Then he goes to do another coup de gras on Edge. And then Rhea Ripley stands in the way again. Uh, Liv Morgan interferes and I believe jumped on her back. And then ba Finn Bauer leaps from the rope. Edge, and then obviously Edge moves and then Edge... Here he turns around and Edge spears him for the three count. So it's a good match. It's just weird that Edge is faction or he's won all the matches in the feud with AJ. You'd think at some point they got to give AJ Styles a win, right? Um, Maybe they do drag this out till SummerSlam and AJ finally wins at SummerSlam. That's my guess. Um, Next was a no-holds-barred match with Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. And oh my God, it's like, dude, I just want... This feud to end. Um, I'll be honest, I kind of half paid attention to this match. It was kind of boring. I think I was eating my dinner during this match. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say. Like, it wasn't insulting, but um, yeah, I'm just over the whole thing. Hopefully they've... You know, Mad Cat Moss could be fine if they just, you know, they have, they have some potential, I think, but you know, they're going to have to do some changes with him. And Corbin's a good heel, but he's just 
gets in these long-ass feuds that are just boring and never fun. So I'm going to move on from that. Um, then we got the United States Championship match with Austin Theory. Oh, wait, Theory. I forgot they dropped all WWE doing all these stupid-ass name changes, so now he's just Theory. I'm still going to call him Austin Theory. I don't care. Uh, versus Mustafa Ali for the U.S. title. I actually enjoyed this. This was fine. They're actually in Chicago, which is where Mustafa Ali was from, so that should tell you right there he was going to lose. Um, Austin Theory is actually pretty good. I think you know he's got a bright future with this with WWE. So, um, it started out where they kind of you know they did the lock, they did a lock up, and then um, Ali hit a hurricane run at one point, did a couple arm drags, and then Austin Theory rolled out to the floor. Um, Ali hit a cross body from the top rope, which was cool looking, and then. Uh, Austin Theory launched him into the ring post, which I think it was like he like did a reversal of some sort. I forget exactly what it was. And then, um, Austin Theory then hit a corner clothesline and then a fallaway slam, and then he hit uh, uh he got him in a head the dreaded headlock. Yay! Everyone loves headlocks. And then uh, Ali hit like a spinning wheel kick or a spin kick of some sort. And then uh, he did like a takedown. Like he launched himself through the ropes and did a takedown. Um, then Theory, like he leaped and hit a kick on Ali. And then uh, he hit. Oh no, Ali went for a uh, a Spanish fly, which was always a fun move to see. And then uh Oh wait, no, Austin Theory hit the Spanish fly. I don't know what I'm thinking. He was so Ali went to the top rope and then Austin Theory actually jumped up there and hit the Spanish fly, and then Ali kicked out of that. Um eventually uh Ali hit or what, Austin Theory went for his finisher, the A-Town down or whatever it's called, and then he hit a tornado DDT from the second rope, which looked cool. Um, eventually, Ali hit an innovative, or not an innovative, an, uh, like a tornado DDT, sorry. Um, and then he goes up to do the 450, which is his finisher, and then Theory moves, and uh, Austin Theory ends up hitting... The a the ATL I believe is his finishing move to win. So it's a fine match. There are a lot of rumors that they might do Austin Theory and John Cena at SummerSlam because Cena's supposed to be back soon, so we'll see. But they could be good. Um, then the main event was a Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. Obviously, earlier in the day there was a lot of rumors about Cody Rhodes tearing his pectoral muscle, and oh my gosh, when he came out. His chest was just bruised. It looked gross. Like, everything was... But yeah, Cody Rhodes' chest was just... It was, like, nasty. So, obviously, it was true that he tore his pec. The fact that he went out there and wrestled, he's a crazy man. I don't know how WWE cleared him. It's kind of... He shouldn't have been wrestling. I mean, with a torn pec, he's... That's insane. But, uh, yeah, this match was good. Uh, at the start, obviously, I thought it was kind of funny that the entrances, Seth Rollins wore uh, polka dots, like 
Dusty Rhodes, which is Cody Rhodes' dad, used to wear to kind of mock him, which I thought was awesome. Um, and, you know, the beginning, they couldn't really, you know, you could tell Cody Rhodes couldn't really do anything. And every time he would get hit, it was kind of like, uh, you know, you kind of flinch a little bit. Um, dude, it was nasty, though. It, um... So the match starts, Cody Rhodes hits his disaster kick right off the bat, and then he does the Cody cutter. Um, and then Cody Rhodes ends up hit, putting uh, Seth Rollins in the figure four. Obviously, there's no rope breaks. But uh, Rollins does eventually get to the bottom rope. They don't break the hole. Then he rolls out of the ring and gets a toolbox from under the ring that has a kendo stick in it, and then he smacks... Uh, Cody Rhodes in the arm, in his injured arm with the kendo stick. Um, and then he hits him again with the kendo stick at one point, and then... Um, dude, the bruise. I'm just kicking over the bruise. Um, then eventually Cody Rhodes blocks a kendo stick shot, and then he hits Rollins with it. Um, Cody, or Seth knocked uh, Cody off the apron, and then he went shoulder first into the cell wall, which looked like it hurt every time. I mean, any bump Cody Rhodes took looked like it hurt like hell. Um, and then eventually Seth picks up the kendo stick again, and then he smacks him in the chest. And then he actually rolls out of the ring, and uh, he puts on Seth or Cody Rhodes' jacket, and then he gets a weight belt out. And it, um, it's like a polka dot weight belt, and he hits, beats Cody Rhodes in the back with the weight belt, and then, um, and then he keeps hitting him with the belt, and then he gets a, um, he actually hits about right across the chest and the arm, and I was like, oh, yeah, like any, and then eventually, uh, Seth eventually brings a table into the ring, and uh, Seth stands up the table, and then uh, Cody Rhodes, or no, Rollins put takes Cody Rhodes to the top turnbuckle, and then he slides down, and then um, uh, so Cody Rhodes eventually reverses it. Sorry, I had a, lost my train of thought there for a second, and then uh. So he's actually like face down to the table and then Seth Rollins goes for a frog splash and Cody Rhodes moves and then he goes through the table. Um, so then Cody Rhodes then grabs the weight belt and he looks like he's going to hit Seth with it and he changes his mind and then he goes into the ring and brings in another belt and it's like a bull rope with a cowbell on it and he brings that in and then he ties it around his uh, weight or his wrist and he throws the other side to Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins eventually puts the uh, the weight the rope on. Then they do like a little tug of war spot, and then uh, Seth Rollins hit him in the gut. Um, and then he flipped him, and he Seth, Cody Rhodes eventually puts the rope like flipped Seth Rollins by putting the rope between his legs, which was kind of funny looking. Um, he kicked, and then Cody Rhodes goes for a super kick. And gets a two count. And then he throws the cowbell into his face. And then. I'm trying to remember what else happened. 
Oh, eventually the, another table gets set up, and uh, Cody Rollins actually stops Cody Rhodes from putting him through the table, but then he super kicks him, and then uh, Cody Seth Rollins go, grabs Cody Rhodes to go for the buckle bomb through the table, and he actually nails it and puts Cody through the table this time, so that was cool. Seth kicked out. Um, then eventually, with Cody Rhodes laying there, Seth Rollins gets out of the ring and pulls out a sledgehammer. Triple H is going to sue somebody. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so he actually charges at him with the sledgehammer, and then Cody eventually reverses it and kicks him. Uh, Seth Rollins tries for a pedigree, but then Seth Rollins reverses it into a pedigree of his own, which I thought was cool because they've teased it throughout the entire feud with the pedigree. Um, another thing, Triple H is pissed. No. I mean, he's retired now, so someone else might as well do it. But then there's a two count there. So that's just really good. Um, so eventually Cody Rhodes grabs the sledgehammer and, uh, he crawls back into the ring. But then, uh, Seth Rollins actually nails the stomp on Cody Rhodes. And I figured that was the end of the match. But he actually goes for another stomp and misses. Then Cody Rhodes hits crossroads. And then, uh, he hits another crossroads, and then they both go for the sledgehammer, and Cody Rhodes grabs it, and then he drops it, because obviously he's selling the arm, well, I mean, obviously it's on a sell, he's actually injured, but, uh, then eventually Seth Rollins charges him with the sledgehammer, and then Cody reverses it into a crossroads, he had a second crossroads, he looks like he's gonna go for a third one, but he changes his mind, and then he picks up the sledgehammer, and hits Seth Rollins in the face and pins him. So, uh, Seth Rollins, or Cody Rhodes wins, which I kind of thought they might have Seth Rollins win since Cody Rhodes is going to leave and have to get surgery. But, uh, yeah, so it's looking like, I mean, I have to pack, I'm not a doctor, but obviously Seth, or Cody Rhodes is going to be out for a while. I think pectoral muscles for about six months most of the time. I looked it up. I'm just, obviously I'm not a doctor. So, um, which sucks, because Cody Rhodes was doing great since he's returned. And, um, I don't know what you do from here. Seth Rollins has been pretty much lost every pay-per-view match he's had this year. He fought Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Or day one, he was in like a fatal five-way for the WWE title, and he lost. But let Brock Lesnar winning. He lost to Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. He lost the Elimination Chamber, and he's lost three straight pay-per-view matches to Cody Rhodes. So, uh... We'll see kind of what they do with Seth from here, but uh, he's been, he's locked. And then as for Cody, like, I mean, he's, you got to admire the guy. He went out there with a torn peck and wrestled a 25-minute main event. Like, didn't have to do that. He probably shouldn't have done it, but he did. And I think that kind of cements him as a main event guy for WWE. I mean, you know, obviously it sucks he's going to be hurt now, and they're telling the story about him trying to win the title his father never told. I think the perfect scenario, for, at least in my opinion, is, he comes back and wins the Royal Rumble. Now, obviously, that's a ways down the road. Things can change from there. He could come back earlier and whatever, but that's, I think, the likely outcome, what they should do. It's WWE, though, so they never will. Or never, not that they never will, but you never know with them. Anyway, uh, sorry if this was kind of sloppy. This is my review of Hell in a Cell and, and Backlash. So you got a two-for-one special. I'll be back, I think, Money in the Banks in July at some point. So... I think it's July 2nd, so I'll be able to get a review of that show. They have a big UFC pay-per-view that weekend as well. Um, so, yeah, I'll be back for Money in the Bank, and thanks for listening.